<laughs> oh, welcome. You've caught me here. You caught me here in a state of being very relaxed. And this relaxed state is brought to you by honestly a good sleep and like a recording in the day and not recording on Ambien anymore. So I'd like to welcome you to a very fun, silly, serious episode of 21st Century Rocker Mom Podcast with me, your host, Tanya Candler. I'm here with you. And uh, this is going to be the last one for a little while because I got some big things coming up. So it's going to be a, a big show. It's going to be a big show. Like so many things. Like I, I got random ass notes this week. Like they're, I'll put it this way. If you saw them, you'd be like, what is going on inside that tornado ahead of yours? Got an iced coffee here. Stop recording in the nighttime. I can't record on Ambien. I'm telling you this right now. You know, although it's funny, it's definitely not advisable. It's funny and stuff, but like I, f I forget main parts of my show where it's, that's just the effect of the, the medications. So I'm like, no. I'm trying to be more efficient, of course, because that's what my ADHD wants me to do. It wants me to be more efficient. Be more efficient. If you have ADHD, you know what I'm talking about. So anyways, I'm not recording on Ambien anymore because it makes me like forgetful Jones, if you remember that like character from Sesame Street. So no, no more recording on Ambien. You get me in the daytime. You get me when I'm nice and springy, like a spring lamb for Easter. You get me ready with a coffee and my ADHD in full fucking gear. I've had my medication so I don't turn into a terrible person. And, you know, that's who you get. So, yeah, welcome. Mm. I've been reading about so many things about dope. Literally dope, 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 dope. Drugs, drugs, drugs. Which are good, which are bad. Drugs, drugs, drugs. Ask your mom or ask your desk. Ask anybody. Like, do you remember all the, like, drug free America things and the drug, like, awareness things? And, like, the... Kind of like the... The things that were trying to bring awareness to drugs when you were kids. When I was a kid in school, we had a program called VIP, like Values, Influences, and Peers. You think it'd be like the VIP package. No, it's not the VIP package. It's Values, Influences, and Peers. And they have a police officer come in and he talked to you about drugs and he'd bring some fake drugs and some bags and showed you what they looked like, you know. They scared the shit out of you a little bit and everything in those days. I even remember our, our police officer's name. He's is, is a constable, but I'm, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to put a constable out there. But, like, it was just, it was a way they tried to educate us about, like, drug stuff. Because it was very, like, at the Nancy Reagan time of the, like, drug-free America and putting that in schools and making sure that agenda was really pushed and stuff like that. So, it was right around that time. So... It was a big, it was a big move. So drugs, 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 which are good and which are bad. You don't know. I'm going to start this off though, by saying like really with a, with a PSA and like a disclaimer and a trigger warning. This episode and all of my episodes are not for children. This episode does not promote or encourage any of this behavior or anything that I'm speaking about. It's just, 
purely here for entertainment and to inform you of some facts that I learned in independent research. So it's a, for some of you, it might be education. For some of you, it might be a wake up call. I don't know, I don't know. I'm on drugs right now. Caffeine is a drug. Drug you can find in everyday things like, you know, mouthwash at the, the grocery store, the pharmacy, aqua valva, you know. There are certain aftershaves in them that have like so much alcohol in them. You can find people drinking them in when they come out of the uh, drugstore still to this day. You know, nitrous oxide and some whipped cream. You see kids getting high off of that. Robitussin cough syrup. Kids go robo-tripping or something. I have a nurse friend in the hospital to tell me about this. And they say these kids come in, they're, they're just tripping their balls off. It's because they take like a way too much amount of cough syrup and they uh, they lose it. It's not good. So yeah, that's, that's crazy. You want to talk about people that are on drugs. I saw that Alex Murdoch, if you followed that case... Or any of those shows on Netflix, that, that, that documentary about that really rich lawyer who's in a lawyer family in the South, in America. And he kind of had a lot of clout where he was. And he was getting away with all kinds of shit. Murdering his wife, murdering his, his child, like his kids. His, and then like covering up other murders than things that were going on. Just ridiculous shit. Just terrible shit going on. And finally... The guy got sentenced to fucking life in prison. I couldn't believe it because he's one of those guys who has so much fucking money, but he covered up all these things where it's like his kid was like high and drunk as hell and caused a boating accident and actually killed someone. So what did Daddy Warbucks do? He sailed in with his big money bags and he bailed his fucking kid out, but like not after he went and then eventually killed his own child. His wife killed their housekeeper. He killed his wife. There was a lot of shit going on in that family. So to see that Alex Murdoch this week, that's something that's kind of connected with drugs and that kind of lifestyle. Mm. To see that news this week made me happy. Because I was also reading about like funny things like US presidents on drugs and how like Ulysses S. Grant was addicted to cocaine and how he smoked 20 cigars, 20 lung darts a day. So he had throat cancer. So they swabbed his throat with cocaine, liquid cocaine. So obviously he became addicted to it, super addicted to it. Another U.S. president that was super addicted to blow cocaine, you know, the snow stuff. George W. Bush, you know, like the lip. You know, first he said he didn't, he hadn't had any coke since 1979. And then... He turned around and he went in that interview and went, I, 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 actually, I had any coke since 1993. He didn't know what he didn't, he was, he, he wasn't sure what he was talking about. But the, uh, in that secret skull society, I'll tell you, everything is cocaine. It's raining cocaine. So like I say, like I say, don't call the fun police yet. We're still going to have the regular kind of episode. Even though, you know, I give you the public service announcement, the trigger warning and all the things like that, that I, that, you know, I warn you about and, you know, it's going to scare the shit out of you or whatever. And I, I, I warn your ass. Don't call the fun police yet. Remember, we're still going to have a good time. We're still going to do this in regular tanny fashion. We're still going to have 
funny stories and weird, whacked out, well-researched, fucking ridiculous bullshit. But, you know, it's going to be served up to you in a, in a certain matter. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing this regular style, you know, like we always do. I'm not going to go weird on you and go like missionary or reverse cowgirl. I'm going to do this regular style. So let's get it on. So seriously, quick, 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 quick. Who do you think is the artist or creator, I don't know, I guess musically or, or not? Who do you think was the artist or creator that was the most drugged out? American or Canadian bands? It's not just, you know, musicians. It's creative people. Who do you think was the most, like, on something? I can tell you one musician. One. I can literally tell you one musician that was completely drug, like, narcotic-free, unless you count alcoholic beers. And that was Frank Zappa. You probably, like, don't believe me. People are like, oh, I listen to his music, and it's really out there. It's pretty whacked out. How could he not be on drugs, man? Like, how? True story. Frank Zappa was not on drugs. Never took drugs. Wasn't into it. Not a thing. He liked gunpowder and guitars, but not drugs. That's one thing. But I'll tell you, the bands, that's some of these greatest substance abuse and issues that people have with may surprise you because some of them are pretty wholesome. And you'll see the correlation between creatives and substances you know number one and i've talked about this before the beach boys america is bad everybody loves the beach boys everybody's gone surfing you know let's go surfing now everybody's learning how cut them out on a safari with me ah you know you want to go it's gonna be fun but the beach boys many of them most of them all on something you know, America's band. The worst, the one who had the worst, you know, problems was was Brian Wilson, the, the founder and the lead singer of the Beach Boys. The only one that still happens to be alive today, believe that. Like, his brother Dennis, who was in the Beach Boys, passed away with drowning and alcoholism. And his brother Carl passed away from lung cancer, from smoking. And Brian Wilson, he's, he's still alive today. And the guy's, I mean, he's done every drug you can think of. I mean... From heroin to LSD to cocaine, marijuana, hashish, uh, you know, you name it. He had paranoia and schizophrenia. He had bouts of time where he'd lose his mind and give his own daughter, like, offer her substances. His wife fucking left him. She said, you know, enough of this shit. This is ridiculous. Hired a doctor to try to, you know, help and try to get rid of things and... Like, put him on a regimen of, you know, healthy eating and exercise and psychotrophic medication to calm him down. A lot of it didn't work. Brian Wilson's pretty, pretty, like, fried these days. But he's, he's alive, I'll, I'll tell you that. Not by the grace of any doctors. I think by the, just the grace of, good. like, I don't, I don't know what. I don't know what. I'm going to tell you about uh, my drug friend number two in a minute. I'll sip my coffee. Because it's early in the morning and I can have coffee in the morning. I can't have it like in that middle of the fucking day. I'll be hyper till like three o'clock the next day. I know coffee is good for me in the morning times. 
around the afternoon, it's like, because I got to stay up all night or something working full orders. And that actually may be a thing this weekend because I'm moving next week and I've already fulfilled all my orders that I've got this weekend. I just send them all out like on Monday when the post picks them up. There's no reason to like sit them at the post office so they can sit in the freezing cold and like possibly get hurt in temperatures. We can have them here perfect and then send them out on like a Monday. Like why not? Like the hell's wrong with you? Fulfill it, send it out when it's safe for your product. Anyways, enough about that. So the Beach Boys, so much dope. A lot of that stuff's really, really, really uh, on dope. The drug friend number two, and, and maybe you'll believe it, maybe you won't, and maybe you know, well, maybe you've seen documentaries or read books, but Stephen King, the writer, the horror writer Stephen King, was very, very heavily into drugs and very heavily into addiction. When he wrote most of his, 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 his master of horror sort of books and films, he was into such a deep addiction for a certain amount of years that, you know, he's never been silent or like ashamed of his struggles. At his lowest point of using, his wife decided that she would dump out his trash can that was in his office in front of him just to kind of put it into perspective to what he was using. And in there, in front of him, he found empty beer cans, cigarette butts, cocaine in gram bottles and bags, Coke spoons covered in snot and blood, Valium, Xanax, Robitussin Cosser, he was roboting, NyQuil, and even mouthwash. Stephen King once touted that cocaine was his like on switch and it saved him from alcoholism. And so he stopped him from kind of drinking and it helped him write and kind of like move his ass, I guess. I've heard Eminem say that about ecstasy. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like coffee is my on button. You know, that's my on button. Why should it be cocaine? Oh, good God. Like drug friend number three. Who is going to be? And this might surprise you. This is awfully ridiculous. But honestly, Yves Saint Laurent. And if you don't know who Yves Saint Laurent is, Yves Saint Laurent is probably one of the most influential designers of the 20th century. He is kind of like the prodigy that came after Christian Dior. And he was kind of like handed the dynasty at like 21. He was once kind of described as a, like by a business partner who was also like a, a one-time like, or a former like lover. He described him as having a nervous breakdown at birth. Just born with a nervous breakdown. So Yves Saint Laurent was probably the most notable fashion designer. Like I say, he was born in 1936 and he became the successor of Christian Dior at 21 years old. But then three years later, he got drafted into the military and drafted into the army and he could not fucking handle the craziness and the noise and the, just the, the, so much in the military. So he was taken into a soldier's hospital. In the soldier's hospital, he was subjected to taking all kinds of like barbiturates and then given uh, like electroshock treatment and therapy. Not good things probably for the brain. I don't think that ever made him the same again after he went in there for mental exhaustion. 
So after he went in there and had all those tranquilizers and everything, he suffered like major lifelong anxiety. So he took like tons of sedatives to try to cope with it and keep his anxiety at bay and keep it down. But like the sedatives made him tired because he took them with gin. He drank gin. And he experimented with really any substance that he could. At the time, he really liked marijuana because, again, it was a downer that he could take with pills and everything like that. But then, you know, he... He did some crazy shit. Like, I'm talking like... Like, you're not going to believe the things they did. Like, he... He offered Mick Jagger a hit of heroin, like, a, like in his arm, at a wedding. Just asked, asked him if he wanted one. And literally, I can't believe this. And then one time, he received a brick of hash, like a big brick of hash from someone. So instead of smoking it, he chewed the whole thing. And I guess he was pretty buzzed out for a very long time. Killer bees. What can I say? I'll tell you about killer bees later. There is something that drugs have to do with bees and, and also sex. So just stay tuned. Now, the turning point for Yves Saint Laurent came in 1973. He met a new boyfriend and he really turned him on to a new circle of people. It was this new circle of elite people with new elite drugs and kind of elite sex. He got doing some things he wouldn't normally do. And so by the time he hit the early, like, 90s, he was in excessive social circles with drugs and sex. And he, I mean, even named a perfume opium. Like, come on. He was killing it and making great money, but he was so bloated from the Coca-Colas, like the 25 glass bottles of Coca-Cola he had to drink every day just to keep himself awake from the amount of like tranquilizers and sedatives he was taking. He was so bloated, like you could take a pin and popped him. So he was very lethargic. And I mean, ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Ganyo, like Ontario lottery. Like everyone knows what that means. In 2008, no big surprise. He died of brain cancer because probably because he was fouling it up so bad with whatever he was taking. Like it was not good. Drug friend, next drug friend. This one might surprise you. Maybe it won't. Maybe that I wrote about her. Drew Barrymore. Like you might, you know, remember it's just like Gertie from E.T. or, you know, wherever you remember Drew Barrymore from. Like my favorite Drew Barrymore movie is Boys on the Side or Mad Love maybe. Like middle years i guess like i like some of her new stuff some of her old stuff i love you know polter or not polter guys firestarter mm. but i mean before she flashed david letterman her boobies on his show in 1995 she had received a quilt as a gift Steven Spielberg, who obviously directed her in E.T. And it had a note attached to it. It was a big quilt. And it said, cover yourself up. That was from Steven Spielberg. Because he had seen her take her play clothes off like for, for Playboy. And he'd seen her take her clothes off in a lot of movies where she'd get undressed. And I think coaching her and like directing her as a child probably made him feel pretty uncomfortable seeing her 
do that growing up. So he wanted her to cover up, but like I say, she came from a very old, like I like a 150 year old acting dynasty, like the Barrymores, the Barrymores. Like it's a very old money and very old acting family in Hollywood. But she's, despite her clout, banned from so many things because of her behavior. And she's on the, the bad girl, like the naughty girl list. So when she shows up to, to auditions, it's not pretty, you know. People will say, you know, a lot of bad things, you know, to her, you know. But she's known for the bad behavior. She had her first drink at seven years old. It's just sad. And she smoked pot at 12. And then the next year, the following year, at 13, started doing cocaine. And most of this was with her mother, like Jade Barrymore. And that's really, really problematic when the parents, like, decide they're going to party with the kids, too. That's hugely problematic because it shows them uh, it's okay. It sets that tone and sets that precedence that that's cool and that's fine. And it's not. Like, it's not at all. Like, I'm telling you right now, it's not. No matter what you want to do, don't do it with your kids in front of your kids. Like, leave it alone. Her mom kind of, I think, treated her like a spouse more than her child. And she, like, sponged off the money and sponged off her back and did drugs with her to keep her kind of up in the air and not thinking about anything. But Drew Barrymore, she, after being her mom's like meal ticket, really, she came out on the other side after a tell-all book, you know, rehab, many successful films, and being a producer and writer on things, being a talk show host and a mom, all kinds of things like Drew Barrymore's doing good like more books like she's the godmother of Frances Bean Cobain who is obviously the daughter of Courtney Love and 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 Kurt Cobain and uh she's her godmother so that's pretty cool and I say like see she's also like just like a super mom she's an advocate she's a writer she does all kinds of things like I love telling stories like this because this is the side of things that I love to see when things come out on the other side they come out they come out good Drew Barrymore came out on the other side. She she picked herself up, she pulled herself together, and she got sober, and she's doing like better than ever. And these are the things that I love to see, and these are the stories that make me happy. I'll tell ya, Drew Barrymore is one huge example of how you flip the coin and like turn it around on this thing called life. How do you flip it from, you know, one way, you know, to another? Drew Barrymore is one big, huge example of that. So good for her for getting sober and flipping that coin. Now she's kicking ass, sea bass. That's what I can say. Now, because I'm hopefully going to scare you sober with a list I'm about to share with you. But because it's all drug deaths. So, I mean, if you don't, if you don't want this part, I mean, fast forward because it's, it's, it's scary. It doesn't discriminate age, race, culture, like nothing, social status, addiction, like addiction and these things don't discriminate against anyone. They come for everyone and it doesn't matter who you are. These struggles can come for anyone at any time and it can come for any reason. So don't. 
count yourself out like just yet be careful and watch for the signs that things could happen like it's it's scary so i'm just i'm letting you know this disease isn't picky like overall in 2021 there were more than 106,000 overdose deaths in just america alone just america as of the, the beginning of the pandemic that's like that's ridiculous that's a ridiculous number that's ridiculously high that's really sad so that's a number that needs to come down it's it's not good so like i say overall those are how many were reported there are more like narcotic deaths like reported to with prescription drugs and taking the painkiller drugs that like you're not prescribed and things like that fentanyl overdoses things of that nature all those kinds of things not good not good at all so let me tell you here come the drug deaths just for you just for you just for you at home brian jones from the rolling stones he obviously like drowned in his pool and they say it was from alcohol and the overdose of drugs on his deathbed his gardener and his like housekeeper he's kind of like house boy admitted that he murdered him so i don't know if it was like both like being so intoxicated that he couldn't fight his way out of the pool but he was found drowned in his pool in his backyard in his house so brian jones from rolling stones dead 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 jimmy hendrix jimmy hendrix do you know how jimmy hendrix died with sleeping pills and alcohol he aspirated on his own vomit most people thought it was like a heroin overdose and stuff like that no alcohol and sleeping pills you throw up and you inhale it and you're done having to the bond scott from acdc uh alan wilson from can't heat a heroin overdose janis joplin like i say that was also a heroin overdose and it was like really crazy tragic because she died at the landmark hotel in la and she died with 14 like visible big holes in her arm and she left twenty five hundred dollars in cash for her friends to drink away and they did in her honor it was gone they drank away all that money like she died not from drinking because she drank a lot but heroin a heroin overdose i think she had tried to get clean and then started drinking again and then another one who tried to get clean and then started drinking amy winehouse she passed away from like a like heart failure due to alcohol intoxication because she had like alcohol poisoning she hadn't drank in a very long time and then she drank and it killed her so that's why amy winehouse passed away and she was like again another young person a lot of people they spin dry and that's when they pass away and even having to sit vicious from the sex pistols spin drying is when you don't take the substance or don't take the drug for a long long time and like you're taking a large amount of it and then when you do go back to taking it after being clean for a long, long time, you take the same amount and you die instead of getting the same high. Because your body does not have or possess that resistance any longer. So you, it will kill you. And it's killed lots of artists that are on my list. They like say, it killed Sid Vicious. He spin dried with heroin from a hit from his own mother. Ridiculous. Who else we got here for you? Winnie Houston. Oh, God. She died in the bathtub. Like, it was an accidental drowning. But she also had coronary artery disease from doing like a lot of cocaine, a lot of prescription drugs. Uh, Pig Pen from the Grateful Dead. He was an alcoholic. He actually got a gastrointestinal hemorrhage and bled out from his tummy. 
because of the alcoholism, right? It just fried him. Kristen Pfaff, the OG bass player of Hole. She died of a heroin overdose in the bathtub. You know, another person, you know, around that time, those 90s time. Jim Morrison, you know, there were so many theories around his death. Heroin overdose, you know, like Kurt Cobain or whatever. But they think that he was actually like delivered a fatal heroin overdose by his wife's lover at the time. Because they both kind of think had an open relationship. I don't know if you would, that's what you call it. I don't know, whatever. And uh, they were both screwing other people. So he got a hit of heroin. I think it stopped his heart. People say that he got taken by the CIA. He's somewhere else. I don't believe any of that shit. I think Jim Morrison's dead because of heroin. Who else is on my list? Mac Miller. That was an accidental OD and of fentanyl, cocaine, and booze. Tom Petty. That was an accidental uh, like OD of prescription drugs, like from the doctor China. You know, like the wrestler China. She was an OD of alcohol, Valium, and oxycodone, oxymorphone, and temazepam, which is also like a really strong sedative. I can see how that combination would kill you and make you go to sleep. Uh, Scott Weiland from STP has an OD of uh, Coke, booze, and MDA, which is just like an amphetamine, like a speed sort of thing. Joan Rivers, she actually died with therapeutic complications from propofol now that means while she was being administered propofol like which is an or drug for the operating room for a procedure she had complications with taking it and it killed her so that's how joan rivers died trying to be put to sleep for a surgery she had complications with that freaky one joan rivers chris kelly from crisscross will make you jump into no 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 cocaine and heroin that will not make you jump that will make you die and that's how he died billy mays cocaine obviously and heart disease contributed to his death bam bam bigelow cocaine and um accidental like temazepam overdose i think it worsened because he had heart disease so bam bam bigelow died because of that Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Like, it's a hell of a drug. John Belushi, you know, same thing. He had a, a speedball overdose. He took heroin, cocaine together. It's a speedball. It's nuts. Things like that. Kill River Phoenix. Not good. Sid Vicious, like I say, heroin overdose after a long time being clean. Another spin dry case. Someone who spun dry. And that one was right from his mother. Not good. There's even an episode, I think, of Intervention. It's very early on. But Travis Meeks from Days of the New. Remember that band, Days of the New? You remember. They opened for Metallica when they, like, the kids got signed when they were like 17 years old. There is an episode of A&E where he is very, very, very addicted to methamphetamine. It's very early on. You can find it. I'll send you the link or whatever, put it up. It's ridiculous. He's so addicted to, to methamphetamine. He's lost his kids. He's lost everything. Like the guy was on top of the world opening for Metallica and he lost everything because of a crazy addiction. It just, it killed his, his, his life. Not good, but you got to see that. 
Like I see, it's just heartbreaking to see that just with someone that you feel like they're untouchable and then that happens and touches their life. That's terrible. Now, there's a lot of drugs found in many places. Like I said, coffee is one of them, obviously. Caffeine is a drug. Cigarettes, nicotine, alcohol, is, the alcohol is a drug. Well, what about drugs found in nature? Like deadly nightshade or belladonna. I have that scent in one of my oils. The scent, not the, not the oil, but the scent. Because uh, it's mind-altering, but it's deadly in, in large doses, the, the actual plant. I've got the scent, not the plant. And I got Datura, which is also a nightshade plant. What's with these nightshades being so trippy? And I had a friend's mom who used to grow it. And you don't have it in large doses, because if you do, you die. In small doses, you trip out, apparently, doing microdosing. I've never done it, but I've heard things. Ephedra, known as Mormon tea, it kind of like took the edge off of hunger. It was a popular diet drug known, you know, as like a speed sort of tea. It was taken off the market by the FDA in 2004 because it was like legal speed in a cup. Obviously, you know, things that you find in nature, you're going to run into magic mushrooms. And what are these? They're just a powerful neurotoxin that poisons your brain and makes you really messed up. You're incredibly intoxicated when you take magic mushrooms. It gives a milder LSD effect. And we'll get to terrible LSD stories later. Mushrooms amp up optical and like acoustic perception. And everything changes. Like, you know what I mean? Like things really amp up when you're on mushrooms. And it's crazy. Like, unlike LSD, they can last for, like, what seems like to be forever. Mushroom trips tend to be, you know, shorter and kind of even out a lot quicker. It's better, you know, especially with the growing number of people who are microdosing. Now, what's microdosing? It's exactly what it, it sounds like. It's like, start low and go slow. Take a little bit, see how you feel. Even, like, a physician would titrate a dose of medical drugs. The same applies you don't uh, eat the whole thing. You just have a little nibble for the corner. That's how you just microdose. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just telling you that's what it is. So I know a lot of people that microdose with mushrooms. They don't take how much they're supposed to take. They take a teeny little bit. And they're like, I just feel kind of great all day. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's their thing. That's their thing. That's their, that's, their, that's their jam. So I'm not offended by it. I think it's... Whatever makes you happy, man. It's cool. So, mushrooms do, though, scare the shit out of me. Even though so many people are having good, like, success in defeating depression, anxiety, PTSD, all kinds of things with mushrooms. It's incredible what people are, like, achieving and taking mushrooms. Headaches, I'm not recommending any of this. I'm just saying this is just facts. I've seen people beat cluster headaches with doing mushroom trips. So, it's kind of crazy. Not for me, not for everybody. But for some people, might be their only option. Who knows? I don't. You don't either. You go out, you do something dangerous, I say, especially with the drug death list. That's on you. I mean, that list that I read you earlier could have been 
my entire show. I could have gone the entire show and just read drug deaths in order. Just go list after list because the lists do not stop. They had Taylor Hawkins and like everyone, like they had everyone you could think of in there. Not good. Very, very depressing to see. Very depressing. And that list is just getting bigger and bigger and ever growing every day. And speaking of growing, let's talk about. Ah, oh, I gotta put my leg down here. Woo, yeah. Let's not talk, like, really. Because we're talking about growing. Let's talk about those folks that never grow up. Never grow up. Their adulthood still dwells heavily in their high school persona, like I say. The 50 year old guy at the party with the best chugs, like, in college, like, who did the best beer chugs in college. That, like, you know, 45, 50 year old guy. He's not fucking cool anymore. He might have been like Mr. Cool like on campus, like in college or in university, but that's not cool anymore. And like, same with the ladies who used to, you know, get drunk and get crazy and, you know, chug a, a pitcher and then go, you know, do something nuts. Those things aren't cute anymore when you're, you know, 45. They're just not, it's just not impressive. And I don't know why you think it's cool? It's like that drunk girl who's feeding beer to your dog at a party probably isn't that impressive these days. So neither is the guy who's like still chugging beers and like, it's just not, I don't know. I think it's not for me. It's not a, it's a very high school thing to do. And it's just, oh, there's a lot of people who play stupid games and then wonder why they win stupid prizes. Well, that's the reason. That brings me to Animals on Dope. What the fuck, Animals on Dope? I was at a party once and these horrible fucking guys fed beer. And this is why I'm talking about chugging beer. They fed beer to a fucking dog. And it was so mean. I felt so bad for this dog. They poured beer in the dog's dish and it was a little cocker spaniel. And the dog drank it. And these two guys, they were twins. So they're like twin assholes, double assholes. They fed beer to this fucking dog. And the poor thing like, could hardly walk. And they're trying to blow pot smoke in, in the dog's face. And I was like, guys, like you shouldn't do that to an animal. Because like an animal can't be like, yes or no. They can't talk. They can't articulate that with you. Like consent, man. With animals even. Come on, man. Be cool. Not cool at all. Not cool at all. So the poor dog was just all fucked up. And I didn't think it was cool. So the dog was scared and uncoordinated. And it made me feel that really, like, sad that humans can be so cruel. And, like, I remember studying the effects, like, in school of LSD on different animals and having to do a paper on it. And I started thinking, excerpts from college. You know, my papers on animals and LSD and what did I talk about? I think I found like little like snippets of them. I'm going to read. I'm going to read through. See here. Okay. Yeah. I was an asshole in college and some things never changed. Like here. Like the only thing that changes is animals on LSD. I'll tell you. It looks like I, I've made notes about cats. Cats on LSD lose their fear of dogs on LSD. 
you salivate excessively and just bat the air for no reason. Just meow, 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 No reason. And they even play with mice instead of eating them. They get docile. One mother little cat let a little mouse suckle on her and just pretend it was one of her babies. It's ridiculous. And spiders, this is really crazy. When they give they give them low doses of acid, they spin very ornate webs. But on giving like higher doses of acid, they get confused, they get scared, and they want to hide away. Different things like fish just like almost look dead on acid. Different animals and different creatures respond differently to acid. I think I got a drug book here somewhere. I'm gonna read you the drug bible. We're gonna see what happens. Now LSD, like I say. It's one of those things. My dad and I had this saying about acid and LSD. It was kind of like his saying. He was always like, you know what, Tanya? The first time I did acid, it scared the shit out of me so bad that I never did it again. The second time I did acid, it scared the shit out of me so bad that I never did it again. I'm like, wait a minute, what? I thought the first what? So I don't know how many times, I don't I don't know how many times my dad did acid. Who knows? But it's funny. I had an acid experience in New York City on LSD, and I got LSD put in my drink while I was at a party one night, and I didn't take it knowingly. I just took the drink, you know, willingly. Well, I just took, I took a free drink like from the bar and. It said like the devil's punch or something like that. And I was like, ooh, sounds fancy. So I had some. So I did. So after I had some, about half an hour later, I was like, whoa, far out. What's going on? Woo, wow, what the fuck? This is crazy, this is wild, man. I, I hadn't felt like that in my life. I never had this experience. What the fuck is going on? I see all the stamps in the bottom of the punch. Like, fuck, I'm on acid. So I start to kind of have a panic attack a little bit because I don't want to talk to anybody about it and tell anybody that I'm on acid. I feel all crazy. There's a guy from the record company talking to me. He's wearing contacts and they look like a mirror. And I can see myself in his eyes. And I'm like, okay, I am done talking with you. Because it was freaky being on acid. And I, I remember going back to my hotel where I was staying at the time and ordering a whole bunch of like food, room service to the room. And I remember the phone feeling like it was petting my face. I was like, oh wow, that's something. That's something special. So that is what happened to me on LSD. I'll tell you. So what happened there in New York City was definitely no hallucination. It actually all happened. But a lot of it was a hallucination for me. But all that crazy stuff happened while I was there and I got drugged on acid at a party. So yeah, there you go. Many psychoactive drugs. Like, I mean, let's actually look at the big book of trippy pharmaceutical drugs and knowledge and see about psychoactive drugs and what you need to learn. Let's see. I'll read it to you. Because you might not know a classification of psychoactive substances and what they do. 
Who knows? Sedatives. Sedatives are substances with calming effects and anxiety-reducing effects. Like, you know, Valium and Xanax. Stimulants are like things like speed and caffeine and cocaine, antidepressants and mood elevators. Substances affecting the sensory receptors in the brain. And they try to bring you kind of up. And uh, it's better than giving you electric shock therapy. There's disassociatives that block consciousness and block certain systems in the body and the mind from physical, like in self-perception and things like that. PCP actually does this, but they're not going to prescribe you that. The doctors, then there's hallucinogens like LSD, DMT, mescaline, mushrooms, MDMA. Sometimes cannabis can be a, a hallucinogen. Depends how much you take it. If you take it orally, it can be a hallucinogen, big time. There's iodetics, which is the, the kind of like, it makes you feel creative when you take them. There's empathogens that increase feelings of empathy and intuition. That's things like taking uh, ecstasy or molly or whatever you call it. And there is a psychotomimetic is, uh, it makes you mimic psychotic symptoms. So most research, when people were doing LSD, like in those army tests and everything, and Agent Orange and all those different things, they were kind of checking these sorts of reactions. And these reactions people were having on LSD because they were quite angry and quite, quite off the wall because that's an off the wall drug. Let's just, that, that's not lie. Psychedelics, again, they can trigger a euphoric and a trance-like state, but sometimes psychedelics can make you feel not so good and they can make you feel crazy. Psychodyslepsics, they soften your soul and, and theogens awaken a feeling of giddiness. And most people get entheogens from weed. They get it from marijuana, I'm gonna tell you. That's where people get entheogens from. When they get the gigglies when they're smoking the pot, say all them drugs, that's too much for me. I can tell you about them, but no thank you. I'll pass on those, that's crazy. I definitely just, you know, get down with the caffeine big time, as you know. But I really think, and it's just my opinion, the cannabis should be federally decriminalized everywhere, everywhere. It would be a world changer and the drug companies would be having a fucking hard time. I'll tell you that much. They'd be having a real hard time. We like completely federally decriminalized it everywhere. Hemp and cannabis are actual real cottage industries and they can be so cool and bring so much commerce and so much industry, so many different places. That it's a shame that, not to mention the benefits that the plant itself brings to the, to, the, to the table, just the industry. It's just absolutely stupid at this point in time that it's not legal everywhere because like, look what year it is. It makes me crazy. It's a plant, you know, it's not processed poppy. It's not opium, it's pot, chill. So it's used for so many different things. And again, this is not advice. This is not a recommendation. This is just my opinion. It's just secondhand news. You know what I mean? The hemp intoxicant, either resins or dried flour. This is a little fact about marijuana. Contains various substances called cannabinoids. Do you know this? This is facts about weed. 
THC is relaxing. It's pain relieving. These are things that calm you down. It can be euphoric and exhilarating at times. Depends what kind of strain of marijuana you get. CBD helps the body and helps the THC. Increases it and helps it along by being sedative. And it helps those kinds of effects. CBN is kind of a product of THC and when it breaks down to light exposure, but its properties are compared to that of CBD. There is THCV or THV, which is faster acting than actual THC and it's more of a hallucinogen. Its effects kind of fade very quickly, way more faster like than THC. And cannabis can either be smoked, digested, or it must be heated to let out all the essential oils, I guess I will say, to get you where you want to go. But, uh, not too much. You can have the paranoia. You're going to green out. You're going to be crying in the corner. It's not going to be good for you. Now, speaking of paranoia, have you ever heard of Frogger? Not like the game, like where you're going across the road, you might get squished by a car or a frogger, spelled P-H-R-O-G-G-E-R, a frogger. It's someone, and my sister fucking told me about this, and this is a fucking makes me scared. I'm so scared now. A frogger is someone who lives inside your house when you're not there, like inside the closet or behind the bathroom mirror, and like watches you while you're there, and they live inside your house. And while you're not there, they come out and like move shit around and do weird things in your house. So my sister told me about this. Right on the cusp of me fucking moving, which scares the shit out of me. I'm like, thanks a lot for telling me about fucking froggers now. So now I'm fucking freaked out because we're moving. And like frogs. Ah! I'm afraid someone's going to pop out of the closet or the back of the mirror when I'm having sex. And scare the fucking shit out of me. It's not going to be good. I'm saying, speaking of sex, what about sex and drugs? What about drugs of, like, sex? There are lots of, like, 18th century Europeans that use some weird stuff, like morphine and, and ether and stuff for sex. Not good. Weird, crazy stuff. But what about, like I say, sex drugs? And what is cannibal high? What the fuck? Some people... Use horny goat weed or Siberian ginseng. Some people use that. In the 70s, it was like these things called poppers. People know those are very popular. In the 60s, quaaludes were kind of the thing. Ludes, I guess. Nowadays, I hear some shit. Family that raises bees in an apiary, was they were saying that uh, they had these repeat clients they kept buying bees and like buying lots of them. And they really thought we're supplying this apiary for this family. They're starting to raise bees. And it was just this man and this woman, they were buying them and they don't have any kids and they didn't have a terrible amount of land they were sending it to, they found it. I think they Google imaged it and found out where they lived or something. So they wondered what, what's going on? These people were using the bees to sting them on the genitals because they were getting off on it because there's a sort of kind of a venom, I guess, that helps them, you know, and it 
stings them there and they just get off on it, which is ridiculous. So the bee farmer just stopped and it was done. And apparently that's that's some shit. So like doctor's orders stop. They sting themselves right to get the bee venom going. And it's it's just gross. So that's the terrible. And oh my God, honey, I fucked the bees. Seriously, crazier because I promised I'd bring the crazy. And I seriously am saying, that's unbelievable, really. Cannibal high. I said I would talk about a cannibal high. What the fuck is a cannibal high? A cannibal high. Human blood, brains, and spinal fluid actually contain traces of the hallucinogen DMT. Don't believe me? Fucking Google it. Reportedly, schizophrenics actually have a higher amount of this in their blood and in their systems. And so they have a higher report. That means if they're consumed by a cannibal, I guess the cannibal will get that much more fucked up on these people's brains. It's ridiculous. Cannibal fucking craziness. You get high from eating people. Ew. This brings me hilarious. So funny. But I say, this can bring you pleasant and euphoric feelings. And something that brings me pleasant and euphoric feelings is like a drug for me. And that's like beards and bitchin'. This brings me to beards and bitchin'. Seriously. Speaking of high and cannabis and addictions, y'all know that one of my most shameless addictions, like I say, is beards and facial hair. I'm completely like out of the closet about being a pogonophile. I love beards and hair. I think it's great. Literally speaking to a friend the other week about this and the kids were in bed. So it was late at night. We were talking on the phone about beards and how that if a guy was just like regular looking, if he grows a beard that like increases his hotness factor by like a million percent, which is ridiculous. So, you know, it gave, it gave us a case of the horns. It's funny, right? So like, whatever the fuck, you know, we started this conversation, the lips started flapping because the kids were in bed and the ambient had already taken me away. So we just started talking and so it was shameless. We both stated and we agreed that beards up the hotness factor a thousand percent. I wanted to know if my crew, like the people that I roll with and the people that I talk to have been my best friends for years, have the same opinion that I do about shaving or not shaving. Cause I mean, I own a grooming company. I gotta know. And these are people that use hair serum too. Cause I have a lot of female customers that use hair serum because they can't like get through their hair generally. And they use like the, 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 the gentleman uses beard oil, the grooming oil. They use his hair serum, the grooming oil, and they, are able to brush through their hair because it doesn't leave flakes and crap in it. So this is what I hear. This is the feedback that I'm getting and it's cool to get that kind of feedback. So it makes me happy to get that kind of feedback. It makes me really happy to hear that. And like I say, this person who thinks beards are hot is not like a person who's involved in the beard community. She's <clears throat> completely outside of it. So she's not biased my friend of over 25 years and the experts can't be wrong. Beards are hotter. It's just a place for me to hang my panties. That's what beards are. Who wants to go for a mustache ride? I do. Seriously. Come on. Come on. Come on now, people. Like everybody wants to know. Terrible. Speaking of friends and speaking, I'll be live streaming with my friend, my good pal, Mike. The Hemp Wizard. Everybody knows the Hemp Wizard. 
Who can take some beard oil? The, seriously, the Hemp Wizard is amazing. He's the most amazing wizard on the block. I've told you this before. And he actually makes beard oil like no one else makes beard oil. He actually puts terpenes in his beard oil. And what is that? He also makes lotions. Like me, I have to mention that as well. And uh, he puts them in his uh, beard oils and stuff like that. And people are really, really jazzed about it in their beards. And it's, uh, it's, it's kind of making waves because terpenes are really, really, and I will tell you this as a marijuana advocate, my own self, terpenes are amazing. I believe he uses Blue Dream. We'll talk about this on the live stream. I want him to tell me all about his process. It's fun. And so, uh, I believe he uses Blue Dream terpenes and those are very like antifungal. They're very antimicrobial. They're antibacterial. And they're good for growth of the hair and they're good for the skin. They're good with conditioning, like, and they're good for the actual beard and the hair and things like that. Very, very like protective. And terpenes are like the non-psychoactive agent in marijuana. They're not going to get you high from putting them on your beard or putting them on your face. It's not anything like that. It's not going to get you all stoned up and crazy, but like it is going to make your beard softer. And we'll be talking with Mike and I will be talking with Mike on his live stream really soon at the end of March. And I'm really excited to talk with the hemp wizard himself. I'm super excited like that. Now let's talk more benefits. What benefits? What is going to benefit you over a rockaholic? I had summer festival weather on the brain because I was talking about like Coachella and those kind of festivals because I was talking about drugs and like what festivals people take drugs at Woodstock, Coachella, those kind of festivals like those dance festival sometimes out in the desert festivals burning man plus i had sexy front singers and sexy lead singers on the brain so new sense first and foremost one new product maybe two for sure i'm getting i don't want to go too crazy with the new products are coming out first and foremost too like i say but with the sense like i say i've been working on three new scents and they're coming out really soon i'm really excited because the shipping is going to slow down in about like a two or three days. I'm getting all my orders out now. My shipping is going to throw shows. My shipping is going to slow down in a couple of days because I'm moving. And it's going to take me about mm, a week probably to get the lab set up. So things will get, instead of me shipping in a day or two days, it'll be like a week. So that'll suck. Just don't order then and then I'll get it to you quicker. Anyways, I'm just saying I'm dropping the soap in order to uh, raise awareness here for March and MS awareness, multiple sclerosis. A lot of people have been touched by this terrible disease. This soap is like kind of like a Satsuma sort of deal. It's got some bright orange and some other wonderful things in it. And it's uh, ready to go. It's vegan. It's septic tank friendly. It's animal friendly. Nothing's been hurt. It's handmade. I made the little lemons and oranges and everything everything's handmade there you go buy it for ms awareness because here it is i'm moving on up to the west side the same street i fucking started a band on it's gonna be great i'm excited so that's why the lab is moving and that's why i'm gonna have a bigger lab coincidentally this is funny my chemistry teacher lives on the same street and coincidentally he's one of my clients and then coincidentally he also loves cigars. So 
that's actually pretty cool to have that living down the street. And then my shop size is going to like triple, which is ridiculous. And I don't know if I'm ready for that, but it's going to be big, which is great. I have lots of room for doing everything that I do, which is great. Plus, like I say, the office is just like adjacent to it. So I can have my typity type stuff and I don't have everything all together, which is wonderful. So much room for activities. Like I say, the kids have the biggest rooms ever. They're going to be able to like skateboard in them. So they're excited and the dog's excited and we're all excited. It's just the craziest move ever and it's going to be really fun. I'm living, you know, five minutes away from where I grew up, really. So it's nice. Hence, new products and such. So no intentions of slowing down at all. In fact, quite the opposite. And one person right now has a new tester from me just to smell the scent and tell me what he thinks and, you know, tell me like what's dope. So moving back to, you know, dope. It's a bit stressful to move, but also this feels right and kind of dope and kind of nice. And like I say, I'm like a five minute drive, not even, and like a 10 minute walk from my childhood home. And I'm on the street where I started a band with like one of my best friends and the house it's just about to double in size of our house right now. Backyard's like the same size. It's a big, big backyard. It's just big backyards because the neighborhoods where they're built. This neighborhood is 60s. This neighborhood that we're moving to uh, is 70s. It's like eight minutes away from this neighborhood. So it's crazy. It's Anyways, it's where I grew up. So super cool. Lots of space. Not going to lie. I've cried and kind of like ugly cried. That like I've established like a good relationship with my neighbors on both sides. On one of the sides, there's an older lady, and she's super sweet, and I was like bigger things. And on the other side, it's one of my like gal pals. So it's like I'm not gonna like lie. Like I'm gonna ugly cry like crazy when we go because like you establish good relationships with people, and it's nice and it's a blessing to have good neighbors. And I do. And, but like, we just need time to, you know, go, like I say, you outgrow things and we have to, you know, grow our neighbors when we go outgrow the house because we're just, we're getting big. And, you know, that's the way things are. But like I say, that's, what can I say? There's more places that are fun nearby for the munchkins. And my neighbors, like, especially like my gal pal, like, they have kids too. So she can come over and we can hang out and the kids can. I don't know, run through the sprinkler or something. Who knows? It'll be fun. Anyways, it'll be great. Moving will be good. I, 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 I'm going to tell you. There are lots of places by my new house where the kids can go and like do bowling and swimming. There's like, like a, like a YMCA there. So there's more like activities, a library's closer, things like those, like extracurricular activities, like things for kids to do that are fun, karate, whatever. So this brings you to this car wash that's here. Ding, ding, ding. There's this crazy car wash. And this brings me to a drug story. I lost a friend to drugs. Let me say not drugs because he's still alive. But I lost a friend to addiction because he robbed this car wash because he got desperate for drug money. So he decided to rob this car wash slash gas station gas bar with a screwdriver. And of course, he got caught. As one does if you drive, you know, a screwdriver at somebody who's like, just, you know, minding their own business, minding the cash register at a gas station. And so we got caught. We ended up not being friends. Obviously, Canada's dumbest criminals. Not good. Like, this is something you do at a desperation. Like, this is really mindless. So you know, 
as you know, this is going to be my last show for about three weeks or so while I get things going up completely and ready to tape, like real tape. That said, I'll be all set up for my new live show, which is, you know, spin the bottle. So we'll be able to do beard oil and giving away things in hair oil. And you'll be able to get something for free from me. And uh, we'll do that at the grooming company. And uh, honestly, I could sit here and talk this crazy shit all day. But in the interim, I'm not going to leave you high and dry because I'm going to be setting up a new studio at the new place. I'm going to do some mini reels of like mini vlogs and mini uh, reel, did you know, sort of things um, uh, on Instagram. And you'll be able to see the uh, 90 second little mini podcasts. And I'm going to do and have some fun with those. I think they'll be I think they'll be fun. And it's March break here. So not that it'll be much of a break literally for me i'll probably break my back but it's a way of pausing of some of my social like stuff like my social media stuff and then taking time for like what i need and my family and moving and doing the things that i need to do and getting the shit that i need to do done so that's what march break is about for me and that's all about what you need balance is good and the lack of that balance often drives you and things and behaviors that we generally wouldn't conduct what's the worst drug of all Stress! Stress is the worst drug of all. People eat stress for fucking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Seriously, people love stress. They're hooked on a feeling. They're hooked on stress. They're hooked on it. They just can't stop. Hooked on stress work for them. And they just can't stop stressing out and they're addicted to it. Stress never stops. Never. And I can say there's not much that some people do or you can do to sometimes remedy it. But I feel like there's so much we try to keep up and try to do while slowly killing ourselves just to do it. I think you, sometimes you need to drop things and just take a breath and just chill out. Take the candle breath, the birthday breath, whatever you want, whatever you do with your meditation, however you do it. Worry about the things you can control and have control over. Let go of the things that you cannot control. The things that you can't control, you're never going to be able to control. So don't worry about them. It's not going to affect you one way or another. Let it go. Be like Elsa. Don't let someone else's stress become your stress. That's just ridiculous. It doesn't belong to you. Instead, go get high on life. Be you. Have fun. The great thing is, you're six feet above ground. You still got two feet and a heartbeat. You're walking around any day above ground is a good day. I'm not going to lie. Every fucking single day above ground is a good day. So you should be happy that you're alive. So quit your bitching and complaining and get the fuck out there. Remember, kids, getting older is the goal. This live fast, die young shit, that's stupid. That is that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Really, it is. And it impresses nobody. No one's impressed by that shit, truly and honestly. Take care of you. Take care of each other. I'll be popping my head in and out and here and there. I'll be on, you know what I'm like on Instagram? I'm always on Instagram. You're going to find me there. You know where I'm going to find me. I'll be... uh living my best life watching my three top shows right now obviously daisy jones and the six 
We've talked about this. I'm not going to ruin that show for you. It's amazing. So put it on. Watch it. The Last of Us. I know a lot of you who listen and, and myself, we talk about, you know, watching that show. We talk about that a lot. We have DMs about, you know, we have DM parties about The Last of Us. And then Mandalorian. Game on. Mandalorian's back. So why not, right? I love Mandalorian. If you need me, you know where I am at. Slide into my DMs. You know where I am. I'm at 21st Century Rocker Mom at that 21st Century Rocker Mom. That's at that at that's on Instagram. And then uh, you can get at me at um, YouTube where you're probably watching this. It's just Tandy Candler's channel. Um, I'm not really much on Twitter anymore. You can go to Linktree and it has all my little stuff. If you go to my bio at the top of Instagram, you can go to the Linktree, boop, click that little link and it's my links in the bio. You can find all my links there. It's got some donations for racism and anti-racism uh, courses, anti-racism causes. You can click on that. Linktree has all my hiding spots. It even has the grooming company. If you want to follow the grooming company, they say slide into my DMs. I'll see you between the sheets. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll see you in between like shows and stuff like that. And like I say, shoot me a DM. I'll talk to you soon. Do good things. Be good to each other. I will see you soon. Peace.